Welcome to another sermon podcast from Central Presbyterian Church in Atlanta, Georgia. This episode will feature a sermon delivered by the Reverend Kate Culver. The sermon is based on scripture from Psalm 34, verses 11 through 22, and Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 52. Central Sunday morning service for the 25th of February, 2024, the second Sunday of Lent, was streamed to our website, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel. A complete video or sermon audio replay of this service may be found on cpcatlanta.org. Select the upper right menu, and then Sermons Under Worship. Well, we will continue our journey through Mark. Um, reading Our second reading will be from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 to 52. Listen now for the word of God for you and for me. They were on the road, going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was going to happen to him, saying, look, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. And they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, and spit upon him, and flog him, and kill him. And then after three days, he will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you to do. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do? And they said to him, Appoint us to sit at one at your right and one at your left all in your glory. But Jesus said to him, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I have baptized, been baptized with? And they replied, we are. And then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink, and the baptism which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right and my left is not mine to appoint but for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called to them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom recognize as rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Instead, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And they came to Jericho. And as the disciples, uh, he and the disciples in a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus, son of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang and came up to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, my teacher, 
Let me see again. Jesus said to him, go on, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained sight and followed him on the way. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, yesterday, a dedicated volunteer rang our tower bell 23 times. Um, And they did that in honor of the 23 years of service our neighbor next door at the shrine, our brother in Christ, Father Henry, gave to the city and to this block. And I have to admit, I only met him once. I've been here six months and I only had the opportunity uh, as a brief, brief encounter. But I knew of him and I knew of the kind of community he shepherded next door. I knew of his service to the city and the radical hospitality he extended to everyone. I knew him as a man who was dedicated to service. And I attended his funeral mass yesterday and I heard so many testimonies of this man's love and it left me feeling tender and energized for the work that we do here at this church. I was also reminded of another priest, another Father Henry, in fact, Henry Nowen, who I studied in seminary, who famously said, real greatness is often hidden, humble, simple, and unobtrusive. It is not easy to trust ourselves and our actions without public affirmation. We must have a strong self-confidence combined with deep humility. And this quote has been running through my mind for the last 24 hours. And it seems a fitting context uh, for our own Father Henry, but also for the gospel text today. And the gospel text today is very important in that it is a turning point in the journey that we make to the cross every year. It is Lent, after all, and we know that we ought not rush ahead. We wait patiently, or sometimes we may wait impatiently, but we wait just the same. And so we'll dig into the text today. This particular section of Mark is uh, bookended by the healings of two blind men. And these specific healings are not a coincidence, um, given the content of the miracle bread sandwich that uh, we're creating here. Notice I didn't say Wonder Bread. These healings are both (laughs) distinct, but they share the revelation of Jesus. And uh, as we know and have seen, Often blindness is used as a metaphor for not quite getting it, getting who Jesus is and uh, what Jesus is. And so within this sandwich, we have a pattern that we've seen earlier in the Gospel of Mark, and it goes like this. Jesus predicts his death and destiny. There is an awkward response from the disciples. Jesus teaches them what it means to be a true and faithful follower. So as we tackle this text, let's put ourselves on the road with the disciples and see how this pattern plays out. So Jesus is leading the disciples on a journey towards Jerusalem. This is the city where the climax of his earthly ministry would unfold. Despite the impending suffering and crucifixion, which he knows will happen, our Lord walks with determination and purpose. As it says, he's a little bit ahead of the rest. This passage sets the stage for an essential theme that resonates through the entire narrative, and that is the call to bold humility. So here begins our pattern. Jesus predicts his betrayal, condemnation, his death. It's a journey fraught with challenges. Here's what the text says about it. Look, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man, 
will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. But after the sobering revelation, he doesn't really get the traction that he's looking for. Maybe for once, people could show up for his fragile humanity and his pals listening and reacting to this enormous sacrifice that he's going to take place. But instead, he gets a question about what it means for the disciples. So way to make it all about humanity, fellas. But you see, they're like us. And we're like them. We are concerned with our place in the space of things. Humans being humans. James and John approach Jesus with a ridiculous request. We want to sit on your right and your left in your glory. And with this request is revealed a very human inclination towards safety and power and recognition. They seek positions of honor and authority in the coming kingdom, illustrating this inherent struggle, struggle uh, to exalt ourselves. So Jesus being Jesus responds not with condemnation, but with a profound teaching on humility. He redirects their focus from seeking positions of power to a life of service. In verses 43 and 44, he declares, but it is not so among you. Instead, whoever wishes to become great among you must first be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must serve all. This is a countercultural message which challenges the prevailing norms of a world that highlights uh, the fragility of human pride. Jesus, in his divine wisdom, points to himself as the ultimate example of humility. He, the Son of Man, cannot be served, came not to serve, not, not, he, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve. He gave his life for ransom for many. And in this statement, Jesus reveals the profound truth that the path to true greatness lies in embracing a posture of humility, mirroring the fragility of humanity found in his incarnation. And so, Jesus and his disciples continue their journey. They encounter Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, sitting by the roadside. Bartimaeus, though physically blind, sees with spiritual insight. His, his cry, son of David, have mercy on me, reflects a deep recognition of his own need and dependence on the mercy of the Messiah. Bartimaeus, a marginalized and by cultural standards seemingly insignificant person, has just become a powerful symbol of humanity's spiritual blindness and its desperate need for the divine touch of Jesus. Friends, in our pursuit of worldly success and recognition, we often become spiritually blind, unaware of our need for what God is asking us and our need for each other. But Bartimaeus, despite his effort, the efforts of everyone around to silence him, Bartimaeus, he persists in his cry for mercy. His faith stands as a beacon challenging us to approach God with unwavering persistence. When Jesus calls for Bartimaeus, the blind beggar throws off his cloak, and this cloak is a very powerful uh, symbol. It may be his only possession, 
Um, but it also is a decisive break from his old life of darkness. Jesus is perceiving his faith and grants Bartimaeus the restoration of sight. The story of Bartimaeus teaches us the importance of recognizing our own spiritual blindness and how powerful crying out for divine mercy can be. In our pursuit of success and recognition, may we not lose sight of our need for God. Let us echo Bartimaeus' cry, seeking the mercy of Jesus to open our eyes to truth and dispel the darkness that veils our spiritual vision. Because Bartimaeus' persistence challenges us to approach God with unwavering faith. Like him, may we cast aside the cloaks that bind us, whether they be fear or pride or worldly, worldly attachments, and step into the light of God's grace. The persistent faith that leads to spiritual sight is an invitation for each of us to break free from bondage of sin and embrace the freedom found in Christ. So the journey to Jerusalem in Mark 10 reminds us that the spiritual walk is not a comfortable one. It is not a stroll. It is a purposeful pilgrimage. Following Christ requires willingness to lay aside our ambitions, embracing the sacrificial nature of true discipleship. As we encounter challenges and trials, may we find the strength and assurance that God walks with us, leading us towards a kingdom not of this world. As we reflect on the passage, the call to discipleship is a recognition of our own fragility, and it beckons us to respond with bold humility. Because we live in a world filled with self-promotion and the pursuit of greatness, and Jesus' teaching on humility serves as this countercultural witness. Can we model our lives after the example of the Son of Man? Can we find greatness in serving others? I mean, I think so. By embracing the spirit of humility, we reflect the character of God. We contribute to the transformation of the world that is all around us. May we be reminded of the call of Jesus that transforms lives. His call to challenge us to walk the path of discipleship with humility, to recognize our own fragility, and to respond with persistent faith. So may this text be more than just words on a page, but a living reality in our lives, compelling us to live out the call of Christ and embrace the fragility of our own humanity. And in doing so, we become vessels of love, bearing witness to the transformative power of the gospel. Because the way of Jesus is countercultural humility. For the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the world. Amen. We are glad you joined us for this podcast from Central Presbyterian Church. Central is a welcoming congregation of the Presbyterian Church USA located in downtown Atlanta across from the state capitol. For more information about the life, work and ministries please visit our website at cpcatlanta.org. We also invite you to join us for worship and Sunday school and experience this exciting and diverse body of believers who seek to be bearers of God's justice in the world. 
Thanks again for listening.